I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Slankson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our patrons, this is your extended, ad-free, higher-quality MP3'd version of this week's show. But if you're not yet a patron but would like to become one and get all those things uh, and do various other things, like listen and, and interact with us live, head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Uh, thank you to our new patrons for this week. Justin Dietrich. Oh, goodness me. Dietrich. Dietrich, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I'm glad one of us has a brain. Thank you, Justin Dietrich, for joining us. And Nick as well. We don't know your surname, but if you're Nick and you've just subscribed, you know who <laughs> we're referring to, to whom we are referring, I yes. should say. Um, and also thank you to the continued support we've had from Al Struthers, Adam McCauley, uh, Charlotte Stigall, Chris Allen, Heather. We'll keep reading names every week, but... Um, we, we don't want to only acknowledge those who have recently joined the life raft that is the Patreon page. What, what, what did Adam do to get two mentions? Because he's in there twice. I pressed Command-V an additional and, uh, time. Right, I see. Yes. Now, um, some people may have heard about some changes coming to the Patreon platform. And indeed, if you haven't heard uh, and are hearing this for the first time, do check out the interview uh, Tom Merritt our good friend on Daily Tech News Show did with the CEO of Patreon, Jack Conti, this week. It's on the DTNS feed. You can check that out. It does go into more detail. Um, it effectively doesn't change anything for free or patron, uh, free listeners or patron listeners. So no one needs to worry about any change at all. What will change potentially is what we decide to change um and we've been doing patreon now for over two years and so we are now in the process of just making sure that what we're offering is what people actually want and value so now is a really great time to to think whether you are a patron or whether you kind of thought about being but it just hasn't quite felt right for you to let us know what you like or dislike or would like to have offered or um or, or whatever it's an open we are an open book aren't we are and if you want to pay a hundred pounds a month and um then i can send you some abuse on twitter or something like that i'm, I'm up for that yeah okay well, I, I <laughs> I'm, doubt- actually, I'm actually quite nice really yes he is a lot nicer than his twitter account makes him out to be <laughs> um but uh, but but hello at tech podcast is the place to send that any thoughts you have on our, our patreon offerings and essentially you know we're looking at how can we add value uh, if you're a patron you obviously know what you get already but how could we add more value to you you know what is it you really value about the show um and uh, and and similarly obviously for people who who aren't patrons but might be you know what could we offer you um that might um persuade you to join us that that could give you extra value uh, do let us know and we will obviously be consulting everyone uh, before we make any kind of changes um over the next few weeks Ian, let's dive headfirst into the news, um, and we're going to talk about scooters, which, as you know, really tickles my fancy Yes, every a, week. A scooter fancier. That's right, yes. Um, the banning of electric scooters on British roads is being reconsidered after the UK government said it was opening, quote, the biggest regulatory review in a generation of current mobility laws, some of which date back 
1835, and specifically the uh, UK Highways Act of 1835, which I have read huge swathes of um, for my sins, and I'll explain why in a little bit. The government said this week that it wanted to start the process of modernising existing legislation, which was proving to be a bit of a barrier to innovation. It's going to also offer £90 of Her Majesty's Finest Pounds to fund some trials of a range of technologies in the so-called mobility space. So this isn't restricted specifically to uh, electric scooters, this is also things like little delivery robots maybe that are going to drive parcels across the ground for you it could affect apparently something that i've never really heard of before and i don't know what the name is now but they are basically electric bikes that have a kind of big old storage space on the front and they're used for like uh delivery instead of vans um so it, it encompasses all of that as well as undoubtedly things that we don't know i obviously am very very excited about this my sort of um excitement was was uh had cold water poured on it ever so slightly when a spokeswoman for the government um sent me a statement that said there's no current plans to bring forward legislation to legalize e-scooters really this is an announcement that they are now going to look at it which could then mean down the line uh we could potentially have some change but it but it but it is a good one and jesse norman he's a british transport minister he he said um that we're potentially at a pivotal pivotal moment for the future of transport with revolutionary technologies creating huge opportunities and the government wants to take advantage of that so it's good news but it's good news a long way off well i mean this is the frustrating thing about this legislation i mean i don't think it needs to take very long for them to decide that actually it's quite a good idea to get as many cars off the roads as possible now having a scooter scheme in london with electric scooters would mean that people could use scooters instead of getting taxis i would love to do that that would be a dream come true for me i um i I like to walk where possible uh, but there are some distances in london where it's just not practical or i'm too tired at the end of the day or whatever so i hope the idea of being able to either jump on an e-bike um a rental e-bike or a rental scooter um it just really appeals to me i think it's a smart decision i think it could cut down enormously on traffic in the city well it would definitely cut down on congestion and in fact i read a figure the other day that congestion in 2018 cost the taxpayer eight billion pounds yeah i mean that's according to 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 government figures but i can't cite the numbers but i i know that there was some statistic recently that um pollution is 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 killing a huge number of people more than smoking now that's not to say that smoking isn't deadly because obviously it is but the point being air pollution is such a big problem that it is killing people literally it, killing people and it's the invisible it's invisible killer yeah. and the difference is and that people know. people choose to smoke and yeah. people generally choose to smoke knowing the risks whereas yeah. you often you often don't have a chance or rather you don't have a choice no. about you know where you're breathing no absolutely and and we and we don't let children smoke but we do let children walk around the city and that you know it's a, it's a it's a terrible thing and also you know we look at places like china and we think oh crikey that's uh, bad because you can see the visible you know smog we don't have that in london oh chief we do it's well, not as bad certainly but we no. but you can see the pollution in london yeah, and it's and it's terrible and it needs to go away and mm. uh, it will only go away when we offer people alternative methods for getting around which yeah. you know and of course no one's pretending that electric cars um or, you know scooters are pollution free because they have to generate that electricity somewhere but i would rather that was done in a controlled manner somewhere where we know how the air moving around affects the pollution and you know and i ultimately i'm I'm very pro nuclear at least for now i mean i'd like to see renewable energy being 
more common and by that i mean wind farms and solar farms and that will happen but there will always be a need for something to fill in when there's not enough natural resource yeah uh, but but this you know. i mean this this is is part of that broader conversation about the need to move to you know more sustainable less polluting uh forms of transport this is very specifically focusing on part of the problem that uh, that, that arises when a law isn't properly overhauled for nearly 200 years this is you know the uk highways act now i've i've had to read a lot of this because i cover the mobility space for bloomberg in europe and i cover the scooter space a lot here as part of that obviously in fact almost exclusively um and this law, it, it sort of puts scooters in this rock and a hard place where the type of device that it is by law means that you have to get tax insurance and a license for it. Um, but because of that, you also you, you can't you can't be granted a. It needs something that you physically cannot be given in order to use it. But you also can't use it on. Um, on pathways and things because it's exclusively for the use of you know carriages and you can't take i mean the wording is like you can't take an ass or a mule or anything like that i mean how many people are walking mules around well they're not allowed no and i mean even i would b- i would i would bring my ass into london all the time if i was able but you know back in the day that caused another problem with with horse poo yeah uh, well like, that's uh, cars cleaned up the city believe yeah. it or not because horse poo was such a huge problem mm. um but i mean but yes. we could see that that's the difference we could see it you and could say i'm not walking down that street because it's, it's but also we, we you know we're talking about a time where uh, pollution was considerable um so there were other issues as well mm. you know from burning coal and all that kind of jazz um but I, I mean, it's frustrating. It takes so long. That's the problem. And I, I do also worry a little bit about how that will work because obviously it makes sense to have scooters using bus lanes. But will that have an impact on the speed of buses? I mean, but we have bicycle not. lanes. We have we have we do so miles and miles of bicycle lanes yeah. all around London. And some of them are very very good actually. I used them a bit when I was testing some bikes mm. um, a while back. Um, and the, I think you spoke about that uh, at the time. Flipping heck! And <laughs> but the. Um, the going on that cycle lane from um, from near here, actually, from um, down on Lower Thames Street. Could you explain for the ladies and gentlemen where exactly you mean? Yeah, actually, it's um, it's it, as you're approaching Tower Bridge in in the sort of city of London, which is the one people think is London Bridge, but yes. isn't. No, and in fact, it's actually it is. It does start at sort of it starts at Tower Bridge and goes down past London Bridge and then it goes along the river uh, to pretty much Waterloo Mm. Um, so for me when I was uh, I had a little fold up bike it was perfect I hopped on the cycle lane stayed out of traffic all the way got to Waterloo folded up the bike put the bike on the train went back to the house I did an electric bike trial where I cycled all the way from home to um, to yeah to Lower Thames Street again London London Bridge not Tower Bridge um, and it was it was brilliant like it, mm. you know I, I was a little bit tired but the electric just keeps you from breaking out into a horrifying sweat yeah and we've, that- and we've talked about the benefits of electric bikes yeah. before but the, the thing is with the scooters I mean yes we have to have trials yes every country is different but the thing is we've got so many great points of reference for how this can be beneficial to a city as well as many reasons why they are detrimental to a city a lot of people don't like dockless bikes and scooters cluttering up pavements and, no, and roads but 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 you look at something like paris you know paris has a lot of scooters in it yeah and the scooter companies themselves 
have a lot of anonymized bulk big data that is shared to the city so the city can look at you know what routes are people taking why are they not taking public transport there yeah maybe a, bu- a, a bus lane could help here you know it, it's it's actively being used essentially to gauge and measure where uh congestion is taking place with people rather than just yeah. you know cars and that data can help a city become more efficient and those are some of the benefits that often don't get spoken about but particularly for a city like London, that's you know it's been been here for centuries, and, and yes. many of the the atro- the the road the pathways that roads take are the same pathways that were there in the 1500s, uh, and were built for people and horses, not uh, Teslas and electric scooters. Yeah. So there are all these benefits in addition to the to the detrimental uh, side effects of having scooters that we already know about. So I'd like to think that we could at least take some lessons from our Parisian neighbours um, and. At least expedite some of the trials of these systems i would i would almost i would say that i don't know why we've not gone down more of the american route where you're allowed to do all these kind of things automatically it's just it's just part of you know there's no reason that how is a bike really different to an electric scooter really tons of ways mate well, but, ways. well number one you're, you're not astride a scooter well no but I, I don't mean like that i mean uh in terms of the impact to other people so for example if i'm riding an electric scooter down the same bit of road so just say it on a normal road as a as a guy on a bike how is that different how is that more dangerous how is that you know uh, why do you need a license to, to poot along at like sort of a little bit over walking speed or cycling speed well, i mean as a scooter user i can i can i think i can offer some uh suggestions i mean number one speed number two if you're on a bicycle you can definitely remove one arm to indicate whereas yes. on a scooter if you uh, take your okay. hand off it's very likely because of the wheel size you might you, you know fall over but that i mean okay yeah sure i mean but i'm i'm also sort of thinking about yeah so i can see that argument um and that's valid um but it wouldn't be very difficult to put little indicators on a scooter i mean i know they're not the highest things in the world so that makes it kind of difficult and they do exist yeah but i mean i th- i think that I think it's more about the fact that if you're prepared to take that risk, if you want, because like boosted boards, you know, the electric skateboards. Mm. I see some of those around here. Well, you're not really not allowed to use them. I mean, really, the police are just not going to take an interest, I don't think. For a start, they probably wouldn't realise. But also, if you're on that, you know that that's not the safest proposition. But those people are skateboarders. They know that skateboarding is dangerous. Yeah, but the thing is, I've seen those things go... Oh, they know, go quick. They ex- and they go th- and they'll go through traffic, and I've seen them weaving in and yeah. out, and... And um, to be fair, I've seen cyclists do that. Yeah. I've seen people on scooters no different. do you, that. If you're on the road, mm. I think you just have to obey the rules of the road. And I, I just sort of think you've got something to hold on to with a bike or a scooter yeah. or something like that. Same with the Segway. In fact, the Segways were specifically banned. And it was the Highways Act, UK Highways Act of 1835, yeah. that was brought into court to you know as a reason why Segways should yeah. be banned. So it's not even like this data piece of legislature where... You know, because there are some laws that, I don't know, you can shoot a Welshman with a crossbow as long as they're under an archway near a church and have wronged your ass, I don't know, or your horse or your mule. These these silly loo- or, or you're not allowed to hang a, a, a double bed out of a window if it's over a pavement. I mean, that's just common sense, but apparently is written into law in British history somewhere. It's not one of those sorts of laws. Like, it does get used. It's just that it's not really been updated for the those, fact... Yeah, th- those laws are obviously... 
you know redundant they're not they're not valid they yeah. just haven't been taken out of the statute but well, this mean, would be a great thing for anyone listening why don't you send in your favorite archaic law <laughs> uh, or google some and, and send in your favorites maybe next week we can read out some bizarre i can help some people here because British... i believe there's a tom scott video on that exact subject who is tom scott uh, tom scott's the guy that i used to do gadget geeks with but he's a very popular youtuber oh. kids will know who he is ah okay um but yeah he's a he's good and he does a lot of videos like this it's fascinating let's let's find some laws then and that you know the top 10 text message laws that should be updated for the modern age yeah i think there is one where if you go to take a university exam in cambridge oh, you're, you're, you're allowed a sword and a no 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 it, no if you go in with it with a sword and a suit of armor you're allowed one pint of local ale to consume while you pass your exam the problem is is it's catch 22 and that you'll get arrested for taking a sword into a school yes so you have to weigh up the options do you want to be arrested for taking weaponry into an <laughs> educational establishment or knowing you'll get a free beer or or the opposite is it it's not Pay- illegal to own a sword though is it uh, our shared friend Marta, in fact, voice of some of our po- yes, pr- owns multiple swords. She's a yeah. swordswoman. So, I mean, okay, you wouldn't probably take it out with you. That would be a bit of a mistake. No, but, but it, mm. you know, but but carrying it in a uh, like a, I mean, obviously people do fencing. I mean, that's a bit different because those swords aren't sharp, are they? They're blunted and you know have a ball, so you just poke at people. I think you could do some very serious harm. I know you she, could, I know she doesn't, with, with and it, no, it no, can no. be very romantic. If, I don't think she'll mind me saying that. I think she had one, she had a date on valentine's day and went axe throwing yes um and also um you can open a bottle of champagne with a sword so what you do is you strike the rim where you know where the cork goes you know you've got that little bulge around the outside of the i don't bottle. drink as much champagne as you no, i don't true. drink but yeah um, I, I'm, but I'm familiar strike that in the right way with mm. a sword and the end just breaks off and then wow. you could it's, it's very cool um so you could just say if you got pulled over by the police oh i'm just off to uh, do some champagne opening well i think we'll use some of these stories to uh illustrate part of the problem with the following story um but first a bit of different audio An MP has been ridiculed on social media after after he suggested all knives should be fitted with GPS trackers. This is according to a story on the BBC. Scott Mann, double N, Conservative MP for North Cornwall, said on Twitter there should be a national database, quote, like we do with guns. His tweet attracted thousands of comments, the BBC wrote, with some saying Mr Mann was not the sharpest knife in the drawer. (laughs) New figures, of course, have shown that knife crime in England and Wales is at its highest for nearly a decade, nine years in fact, and so it's with a a very great deal of awareness of the seriousness um, from which I think this well-intentioned tweet uh, derives there are, is, a, is a, a terrible problem with knife crime in Britain and many, many people um, have been in the news recently who have been victim to this. But it is important to remember that this is a member of parliament for a constituency that may very well have had issues with knife crime and this is potentially reflective of the kind of debates that are being taken into commons as a result of him being voted. Now, I want to say from the top that I do honestly believe that his 
feelings here were reflective of a genuine desire to help cut down he a knife crime. He did actually crime. say that afterwards. Like did he? He, he, okay. he? I mean, to be fair to him, he did take this quite well and there was a, there was a video that followed it up with uh, one of his colleagues reading him some of the responses and he, he, looked, he looked suitably ashamed of his original point. But you're right, I think it came from a, a good place okay it's just it's it's an ill-thought-out idea i i I do think so but i also think that it's a great example of how the immediacy of social media can illustrate a terrible idea and perhaps stop it in its tracks um some of those um in fact we could do a little bit of um we could do a little bit of role play if you like with one of these this uh there's a tweet here from mike mckinley um would you like to uh, shall I be the first line? You want to be the second? I'll be odds. You can be even. Uh, yeah, okay. There's been a stabbing. Quick, get me the GPS for every knife in a three-mile radius. Okay, it says there are 120,000 of them, mostly in kitchens. <laughs> Bollocks. I thought we had them all. Uh, can oh. you ask those young lads with the machete? Uh, no, they've got a mackerel. They've been fishing. Right. Now, the reason that was uh, funny is that um, it had been suggested by Mr. Mann, that there could be exceptions to a rule. For example, if somebody had taken a knife because they're going fishing and therefore need knives, maybe they can be exempt from the need to have GPS. So there have been lots of great memes reshared on social media of of, of hooded youths in back streets holding gigantic superimposed uh, carp and salmon and just huge fish and that the, <laughs> this becomes a way to circumvent the law um, and there are some great examples on there there are people who have said um, why stop with knives let's install GPS trackers on every fork too to which somebody replied we need to stop the use of brute forks which I thought, <laughs> as a lover of wordplay, Very good. was great. Lots of references, of course, to Alan Partridge. One with a screenshot of him speaking into a dictaphone saying, knives with GPS trackers, obvious exemptions for fishing, etc. Which is a very Partridgean quote. Yes, you know, very. Um, there were some other uh, some other ones uh, that were very funny as well. But uh, but 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 a more sensible one from Ray Verma who tweeted: "This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever had to read about our epidemic on knife crime. It's not the problem of the knife itself, but the person who wields it. It's a lack of responsibility and lack of common sense by the individual, and the issues beyond are much deeper." Hundred percent, and that's kind of the the British echo of it's not guns that kill people, it's people. Here. Yeah, and I don't believe. I think that's a stupid argument. I mean, I think that bit of it's a stupid argument because um, gu- knives are kitchen implements primarily. They're used for chopping uh, tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, you can't chop a tomato with a gun. Uh, a gun is designed to kill people. Uh, so the ownership of guns by private citizens, I personally believe, is a mistake. Um, now, I'm not going to convince anyone that that's the way they should go the americans are quite certain that they want their guns and who you know ultimately some are. americans are quite certain yeah, they no, want no, their I, guns. I know i know but you know it's not going to change i don't i don't believe that there is a one i've just i'm just in a twitter argument with a bunch of morons about the fact that you know we've got a massive knife crime problem which we do but we also have a knife crime problem because the police budgets have been cut to the bone we've had austerity that's reduced you know the 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 ability of people to you know if they can't work to have some sort of an income we're introducing stupid universal credit systems that are depriving people of money and you know there are issues that are not related to knives themselves and of course we've cut police numbers massively and we expected that 
somehow not to have an impact if, if there are no police around on the streets keeping an eye on, on people then this sort of thing will happen um for just it, for just glasgow 20, yeah. in scotland had a huge knife problem uh treated it like a disease and has reduced it ma- massively you you would be much safer in glasgow now than you would have been 20 years ago and that was because they worked out what the problem was and they addressed it it, it, we could easily do that, but it requires money and it requires policing. And for just $20 a month uh, to our patrons, you can get a version of the show that doesn't contain any political commentary. Uh, which <laughs> that's, we, a nice, that's a nice funding level. I like that. Which we do like to keep out of the show in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- the reason I wanted to talk about this isn't because, I mean, I've never been a victim of knife crime. I do not know any victim. I don't believe I know any victims of knife crime. I am inequipped to, to make any kind of uh, smart comment on the issue, having not dealt with it personally. However, I do know that we have an epidemic of knife uh, knife related crime, and I do believe that this uh, gentleman was trying to make a good point. But, and here's the bit. This is the bit that justifies the yeah. mocking: is that the f- very fact that this was a suggestion underscores a fundamental lack of understanding about the nature of technology yes. and uh, the way with which it can be used to tackle serious crime. Well, this is what I wrote in my Forbes piece that you didn't reference at all in the intro. Um, I didn't know you are still writing for <laughs> Forbes. Yes, I am. Um, uh, I said exactly that. I said we've got the same situation now with Brexit in that the suggestion was that to overcome... I'm sorry about the politics, but it's, this is not really a political point. The, the, the suggestion was that we would have the border between Northern and Southern Ireland, or Northern, Northern Ireland and Ireland, could be overcome by a technological solution. Uh, there was no indication of what that technological solution was and people who are into technology specifically that kind of technology said there is no solution to this that is a fantasy i've got a solution go on attach gps to every irishman (laughs) um funnily enough i think that that is part of the idea is that that, you know trucks would have to have some sort of tracking and that there would be you know but god i was joking no but it but it is it is ridiculous and it and it has been it people in the know have suggested it it does not work there is no solution to it technologically and this is the problem is that it's all too easy and i'm sure we all do it in different ways i'm sure i say things on twitter that are are probably not you know representative of the truth of the matter oh you absolutely do i do yeah i don't know enough about everything um so sure i mean i we everyone gave him a hard time it was relatively funny he he didn't take it too badly and i think he sort of accepted that it was ill thought out but they, but you're right there is a problem in that people are just saying technology as a as an answer to everything and and i went through in my column i went through you know the issues with it for example um you know okay sure you want to have a knife database where every knife is registered well you know we don't have serial numbers on knives like guns tend to have serial numbers it's you know, it's just so much stuff about it unless you're going to get everyone to bring their knives to the police station and have them all etched with a serial number and then people put in their data into a database firstly that's everyone so you've what you all you've done is generate a national database of people yes because pretty much everyone will have a knife in their home plus presumably uh, you know a dinner table in kensington palace would look like a standoff between gangs yeah, yeah absolutely yeah well, you're statistically you'd be like why is the why is there you know Buckingham Palace got so many knives. Yeah, send in and the, swords. Yes, and indeed, quite yes. a lot of swords. I should think it would be a very forked-up situation. Um, well, do of course let us know any opinions you have on this. Uh, you are very welcome, of course, to comment on Ian's views on on politics, <laughs> but I can't guarantee that he will receive them in the manner to which you think they deserve to be received, because we're not a political show. However. Um, 
all opinions on this, of course, are welcome. Hello at techpodcast.uk. <laughs> Shall we stay talking about police, Ian? Uh, well, I don't see why not. Okay. Locations of traffic accidents, road traffic accidents, sexual assaults, other serious crimes, can now be reported to some UK police forces using three-word addresses, such as, and I made these ones up on a map, lake.serve.actor or tigers.gears.arrows. Um, this is because, and these letters, th- th- these aren't code words, um, they're actually the product of a system developed by a company called What Three Words. They're a mapping startup that's been around for quite a few years, and it said on Thursday this week, and I know this um, because I wrote about it this morning, um, that emergency services are now actually taking making use of it. And I actually spoke to um, a, a couple of people, in, in, in I spoke to one chap, in fact, at the Avon and Somerset Constabulary, who's in charge of deploying their emergency response systems. And he gave me a really great example of how this system can be used. And you have to sort of fundamentally understand what the system is to begin with. So if you think about um, if you think about standing in a in a field, let's say you're a farmer yeah. or you've you've had a confrontation with a farmer, and you're standing <laughs> in a field and you don't know the field with that you're in, you don't even know how you got to this field. Yeah. You know, we don't know the original intentions of this farmer. Um, and you call the police and they say where are you and you say i'm in a field and they say oh the field um and you say yes and you try and describe the trees nearby or you or you try and describe the nearest road you're on it's not necessarily going to get a uh emergency response to you whether that's by foot by car by helicopter to you because it physically doesn't have an address you may you may very well have um a smartphone that has gps but if you've not got an ability to send a gps location to somebody then well and also if you're on the phone and you're you know you think you're about to get into trouble yeah um then you don't have time to look at those very complicated coordinates and relay them to someone however three words and you you may also have an ordnance survey map you know ordnance surveys are the mapping sort of a national mapping uh it's not nationalized but it's a very long british institution ordnance survey you know where the whole the whole of the uk is 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 divided into grids and you can give people a grid reference and that's fine but again not much use if you don't have a map with you so what this system does is it's divided the world up into i think it's something like 53 trillion uh squares and they and they're three meters by three meters so it means that you could stand in a field and and give someone a word like um i don't know ian dot morris dot opinions and it would it would take you might be somewhere in the middle of the baltic sea um but it would be a very specific part and the example that i used in a story unless it got cut out by an editor was if you wanted to report a suspicious backpack um, you could use one of these codes to specify the exact bench in Hyde Park, which is about 350 uh, acres in size. You could specify a the actual location of the bench this bag was on, as opposed to trying to point out um, that you're just in Hyde Park or you can see Buckingham Palace from where you're standing. There are lots of places in Hyde Park you can see Buckingham Palace from. So... Ian's looking at me as if he's looked up something fascinating. No, I'm getting the app to find out what three words 
are oh, I around see. here. Oh, okay, great, yeah. Um, this allows you that. And and the chap that I spoke to from the Avon and uh, Somerset Constabulary, he um, he told me that there'd been one instance where uh, a woman, they'd had a call from, uh, from a woman uh, who was driving with her child through a village. It was nighttime, it was, the weather was terrible, and she'd veered off the road, I think, into a into a hedge. Now, she wasn't from the village, she didn't really know where she was, and initially, when she was talking to the call operator, they were asking her to describe whether the sounds of an emergency siren sounded like it was getting closer, louder, uh, or, or quieter and uh. further away, and that was sort of one of the ways they were trying to triangulate where they were. And so one of the uh, supervisors or, or superintendent or some some person said, well, why don't you try the what three words thing? Yeah. So um, she did that. They sent a text to her phone. She pressed a link in the text, which fires up a website, which itself then invokes the GPS tracker, yep. finds where she is, gives her the three words, and she could then just vocally read out the three yeah. words over the radio, over the phone, which was then relayed to officers via radio who typed the three words into the app, which showed her exactly on the map where they were. They went to her. She had minor injuries and was and was safe. I mean, so this is going to save lives. I, I mean, I know it sounds... When I heard about it, first of all, I was like, well, I don't really understand the point of this, but that is such a clear explanation of how it could help. But if you're in a field as well, there was there was one example from somebody else that I heard of um, where somebody had been victim of a sexual assault and, again, didn't know where they were, didn't know how they got there, and this this system helps them say, well, here are three words and you know within a three-by-three-metre yeah. um, area exactly where you are, and, and, and that is global. You could yeah. be literally be in the middle of the Baltic Sea. Yeah. You could be behind... Um, Debenhams on a high street, like yeah. it doesn't matter. So it's a really fascinating system, and I, I really do think that um, there's a lot of room for this to, to grow and develop. And I do know that they're talking to more uh, emergency services, not just police forces. There are there are some fire services that are using it. Um, and in, in in fact, I found out from um, one of the execs at um, at what three words that they got the idea because a police force had already done that ah. and had actually found the location of I think it was a like a park fire or something and they tweeted out that they'd actually found this fire because somebody used what three words to tell them exactly where they were in some field or something and that actually gave them the original impetus to do this so this was a great way of it, of the feature kind of like hashtags with twitter twitter yeah. didn't invent the use of hashtags no people started doing hashtags and that and then twitter just sort of adopted that well, most became- most of twitter's features weren't invented by twitter like retweets were not a thing that's true. Like, you know, people just yeah, decided RT. that they wanted to, you know, give a, an extra boost to a, a tweet and they came up with RT as a way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very excited to see how this develops and um, and, and we will keep our, our, our eye on it. But if you've used what three words, I'd love to know what people use it for, because in in a built up area, there's no to me, there's no real great need to use it over and above the existing postal system. We have a very good postal system in, in the UK. You know, not everywhere has streets. You look at some places in in in, in Africa and in, you know, rural places, yeah. they don't have an addressing system. Yes. Like they, they like there are there are countries that are using this as their actual way of delivering yeah. mail. There's an I there's I think there's a Caribbean island where there's um uh I wanna say is it Papa John's or it's it's like a food company, and yeah. they specifically use it to deliver pies, right? Because there's no address, and people want pies. Yeah, they do. So, so they deliver pies. It's very American of you to call them pies. I'm not criticising. I mean, it is a pizza pie. A pizza? What's a pizza pie? That's what. Well, that's it's a song. When the mood. Anyway, um, pizza pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a 
thing what it's type a, of pizza no well i mean i suppose it is i i have a feeling it's kind of like a, maybe it's a chicago thing because you know chicago is famous for no. very deep dish Mate, you don't like i had pizza. huel for lunch so yeah. no i don't know any of this the, stuff. the man is hopeless when it comes to things with melted cheese on a aren't pizza you? Uh, well that is that is news to me and a okay so right well this is throwing me in Entirely off track because that's just baffling. I have no idea. But you, people, called, some, but you, but you, you called it a pie. Where's that come from? I just assumed they were delivering pies. Right. But now thinking that they're a pizza company. Yeah. Oh, good Fair lord. Enough. Well, you've learned something today. Congratulations. I didn't want to learn that. What a horrible thing to have known. Ian, let's transition like a illegal segue on British roads into some messages from our listeners. And the first message we've got actually follows our conversation last week, um, at which you were not present, of course, no. about Argos that uh, Kate and I were having. And we had some great feedback about this, or rather spe specifically feedback about what is it people go to Argos for. This came in from Lexi. Hi, Nate. So about Argos, I was trying to get a mop a couple of weeks ago, in fact a couple of months ago, and it turns out Tesco's, Sainsbury's, Ocado don't deliver mops. There's absolutely nothing you can do to get a mop to your house unless you want to go to some kind of corner store in some dodgy place, hunt for some like dirty mop that's been hanging around there that's got like a price tag on, and then either take it to the office and look super civilized or take it home. And so the only place that I think it's actually viable to get a mop from in Britain is probably Argus. Mops, Ian. So we uh, and we also had another message from Andy H in uh, in the Discord who said the last thing he bought from uh, an Argos was a wheelchair. And it really got me thinking, well, yeah, where do you buy wheelchairs from? If you need a wheelchair all of a sudden, where do you go? Well, it wouldn't occur to me to go to Argos, but I suppose fair enough. There you go. Argos, wheelchairs, mops. I had no idea it was a possibility. And now you do. So thank you, Lexi, and uh, thank you, Andy, for giving us your thoughts as well. Um, we also had a message that we've kept for a couple of weeks during Ian's absence. I, I said actually last week that I think you were in your underground blast-proof turkey farm. I can't remember if it was turkeys or emus. The, it, it, it's emus. I was wrong. Sorry. But it is blast-proof, isn't it? It is blast-proof, yeah. That's what I thought. Um, so we saved this for when you were back. This related to the conversation we had about your love of the Samsung DeX mm. uh, that sort of makes your phone into a PC if you plug it into a monitor. Yeah. Uh, Russ wrote in, he said, Hi, Nathan Ian, love the podcast. Happy Patreon subscriber. Thank you very much, Russ. Really appreciate it. Well, can I upsell him to the £100 uh, um, insulting <laughs> tier? Mm, yes, for £150, Ian will let me finish my emails. <laughs> Uh, Russ continues, I recently switched back from iPhone to Android and opted to buy the Honor View 20 based on its specs and the hole-punch camera and good reviews. It's fantastic for £499. On a side note, I found out after I've got it that Honor and Huawei have also got a desktop mode built into the phone which allows wireless or wired display for either the desktop experience or just to mirror the phone's screen. He says you can Bluetooth a keyboard and mouse into the phone or buy a cheap USB-C dock and you've got a desktop experience. In my limited testing, they also had some pre-built desktop versions of apps and you can also open any normal android apps too and he sends a link uh, to a youtube video and he says for 500 quid i'm honestly amazed at the amount of power speed design ram and storage you get keep up the good work russ morris yes 
you know this phone. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I reviewed this phone, but I didn't review this aspect of it. I was on a very tight deadline. I didn't really have the chance. But I do have a Mate 20 Pro. Uh, and I'm and that's, a, the, that's the Huawei. That, that, so Honor, yes, Honor, Honor, is, Honor, a Honor is a sub-brand of, yeah, of Huawei. Considered separate for most purposes, but it is very much Huawei. And I know Andy, uh, who I think will be on the show next week, actually, he, he speaks very fondly of Honor. Kevin continues, you mentioned in your current podcast about giving away your Amazon Echo. Happy to take it off your hands if it's still available. Now, I'm afraid somebody beat you to it who is listening to the show live. Um, so I'm afraid that's gone. However, if you want an Echo Dot, I do believe I have an Echo Dot. So I'll, I'm I'll, sure you'll get more Amazon hardware in the future. I, I, just, I just don't I don't use the Dot I've got, either. I've got to say, I mean, I, the kids love Amazon Echoes, yeah. uh, which is sort of why I keep the show around. Mm. But I, re- I really just cannot be bothered with it. And I'm, I have mine on mute almost all the time. Well, we talked last week um, about the reasons we disconnected um, ours and why I don't use the one we, yeah. we bought anymore. Um, however, I thought this would be a good juncture to, to let all listeners know that I'm also selling a MacBook Pro <laughs> uh, and an iPad Pro. I'll have to front up some cash for that, though, because he's not actually generous enough to give away three grand's worth of gear. No, I, I'm literally selling a MacBook Pro that I bought about three months ago and never use. It's a very high spec one. It cost me about two and a half grand. Uh, and an iPad Pro that cost me a grand, which I'm selling because this morning I bought another one with 4G in it. So and I, I bought that top of you and i was very happy with the process yeah I, 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 i'm a great salesperson yeah so true so anyway where we go it, actually he's not a great salesperson what is he's a drug dealer because he said oh why don't you uh why don't you come and get this macbook off me and you can just try it and see if you like it and then if you like it you can pay me yeah your, so, your first your uh, first article's free that you type <laughs> yeah, exactly. on exactly he knew full well as soon as i used the thing i was going to fall head over heels in love with a stupid gold thing very true so uh yeah he's like a drug dealer yeah Except, just for any police listening, I do not deal drugs. No. Let's check in with our good friend Tom Merritt over in the US at Daily Tech News Show to hear about what's been going on in the wider world of tech this week. Mr. Merritt. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we have a lot of discussions about the news from the Game Developers Conference, including whether we think people will want Google Stadia and what it will have to do to succeed as a platform, not just a place that hosts Windows games. Also, Epic Games' Tim Sweeney's making the rounds to convince people to play Epic Games with the Epic Games Store. Some people don't like what he's doing. Also, programmable DNA could solve our storage problems. All that and more coming up at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you, of course, to our patrons, you beautiful people keeping us in uh, clean pants. And Ian's got a new shirt on today. He says Noel Gallagher designed it. Uh, uh, no, Liam Gallagher, he didn't design it. It's his label. That's close enough. No, not really. It's that. That's where the money goes. That, of course, and uh, new microphones. Um, so thank you for okay. everyone. And if you'd like to become one, of course, do let us know uh, ways in which we can make it more appealing for you. We're, we're going through that review process right now. Hello at techpodcast.uk. That's a great place to send us uh, any thoughts and um, you can check it out, obviously, the current offerings at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Yes, and please do send us any comments. Our email address is hello at techpodcast.uk and you can follow us on Twitter at textmessagepod. That will keep you up to date with the most important UK technology headlines throughout the week. Uh, And thanks to everyone listening on our free ad-supported feed. If you've a minute to leave us a review on iTunes, it's the best way of supporting us without spending a penny. It is. We say that every week, but we mean it every week. We talk about the Patreon because... 
I mean, truth be told, I don't think we've ever said this publicly, right? But but we, the original plan was we were going to end the show at episode 100. Like our live anniversary show was going to be the last one we did, simply because it takes me about 10 or 12 hours a week, you know, from the very, very first thing I do for the show to the very moment that I walk away from the PC, having published them all. Yes. Um, and it just wasn't, it, it, the economics didn't add up. No. So this, you know, it genuinely has sort of kept us around, kept us motivated. Uh, and, and we certainly don't see ourselves end, ending the show anytime soon. But the only reason we get to have a listener base where we can convert some people to patrons is because we have a lot of people listening for free yes. who just really like it, make it worth our while doing it um, in the first place and telling people about it. So we genuinely do mean it means as much to us, but we do love it when you leave reviews. And I encounter people all the time who actually listen to this show and enjoy it like I was uh, chatting to a guy on Twitter about a, a project he's doing and uh, that I might help him out with and he was saying yeah I'm a listener I really like it and I'm, you know I mean, obviously it means a lot to hear that feedback from people but I think we also sort of forget that um, it, obviously there's a lot of people listening who are just in tech enthusiasts yeah. but in our industry there are also people who listen to the show who are you know who we deal with on a day to day basis and actually you know enjoy some of what we do maybe not all of it but you remember if you remember <laughs> actually- their product is in the spotlight or not there was that time that i was um reporting on an apple launch for 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 bloomberg and i went down to just do some interviews random people in that have been queuing up overnight and just pulled someone out and it turns out he was a listener to the podcast Do, do you think tim apple listens to this podcast tim apple <laughs> no that's a slightly old out of date topical joke no i don't think he i don't think he does no i don't think he does no. either i don't think he has probably as much time to do podcast listening no. but he'd love it if he did he's as welcome he might he's... want to buy a mac yeah i would um yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway that's enough of that yes i'm hungry okay uh, from me nate langson and me ian morris see you in a week Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.